I know that many of us are tired and that much of the exhaustion comes from caring about other people, caring what happens in their lives, caring especially for those who have been oppressed, overlooked, those who have been cast out. Our hearts are broken because we've seen the hurt and the worry that so many people are experiencing these days. And we want to help. We want to be a part of bringing change for the better. We want to be part of making a world that is a place of health and joy and peace and justice for everyone. And at the same time, we have our own hurts and worries these days with health, with employment, family, finances. It can all be overwhelming, I know. And then along comes Reverend Early with his hellfire and brimstone sermon tour through the book of Deuteronomy. And it can feel like I'm just piling on. I will readily admit that I am a flawed pastor and a flawed preacher. And so I apologize for those times when I have not communicated the good news of Jesus Christ well enough that a message of hope and encouragement ultimately uh, came through. No matter what we face, personally or corporately, no matter what we face, the God of life is more powerful and Jesus Christ is with us through it all. And therefore, one of the foundational truths upon which we build our lives is hope. Hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what else happens in our lives and in our world, this is a truth that we cling to. With Christ, there is hope. The challenge of our present moment in this time is to hold on to this truth or to hold on to all the other things that we know to be true and good. Almost four years ago now, uh, just after Donald Trump was elected, a writer I follow, Sarah Kenzior, wrote an online article that caught my attention. Uh, she has studied authoritarians and authoritarian uh, governments in countries around the world, and she saw similarities in the United States with the election of Donald Trump. This is how she opened the article. Today is November 18th, 2016. I want you to write down who you are. Write down what you value, what standards you hold for yourself and for others. Write about your dreams for the future and your hopes for your children. Write a list of things you would never do because it is possible 
then in the next year you will do them. Write a list of the things you will never believe because it is possible that in the next year you will either believe them or be forced to say you believe them. She wrote those things even before Trump was sworn in. And one of the things that has happened under the three and a half years of the Trump administration is that the standards of what we considered right and wrong have either been destroyed entirely or they have been revealed for how corrupted they truly are and have been. One of the things that I believe that we glean from the book of Deuteronomy that, that provide, the book of Deuteronomy provides for us is this reminder of what is right, what is good, what is true. It helps us remember the vision that God gives us for what society can be and what we need to hold on to. And in this morning's scripture specifically, Moses reveals that justice for all persons is foundational for God's vision of people being together in a society. Moses explains that justice should be accessible to everyone and transparent. In verse 18, appoint judges and officials for each of your tribes in every town the Lord your God is giving you. When the NIV translates it, in every town, it is literally at every gate. Most towns of, of any significant size whatsoever had a formal gated entry to, if not also a wall around the city. And that was the gathering place for the whole town, especially for important events. Moses is saying that judges should be accessible and that their actions should be open to the public. At the end of the verse, Moses says also that judges should judge fairly. And verse 19 elaborates on this. They shall judge the people fairly, verse 19, do not pervert or twist justice or show partiality. The second half, show partiality, is particularly powerful. In the Hebrew, it is literally, do not regard faces. Don't be swayed by who the person is or what they represent. How wonderful it would be if all people were treated equally before the law. Again, Moses proclaims that this is the way it should be. When Moses then immediately follows with the thought in the rest of verse 19, do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. 
we pretty much know what Moses is saying. Essentially, do not show partiality to the rich. Walter Brueggemann writes about this passage from Moses. The concern is that justice must be genuinely disinterested and not influenced by the special pressure that the rich and powerful are able to exercise. For it is the rich and powerful who characteristically are able to offer bribes and purchase partiality. What a scathing comment that is, purchase partiality. Moses then closes this section on justice emphatically. Verse 20, the NIV translates it, follow justice and justice alone. Literally in the history, in the Hebrew, it is justice, justice, follow justice. Two times justice, the word justice back to back. The message, I like the way the message translates it, that the right, the right, pursue only what is right. Justice for all persons is foundational to God's vision for society. We are called to live this way because this is the way that God treats us. In our New Testament passage, we hear Peter proclaiming to people who were, had been unfamiliar with Jesus and who Jesus is, we are witnesses of everything that Jesus did in Israel and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that Jesus is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead, and all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him, who trusts in him, receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Here is our judge who doesn't treat us as we deserve. God doesn't treat us even merely fairly. God treats us with compassionate grace beyond imagination. Even though we as humanity unjustly killed Jesus, Jesus himself becomes the judge for all people and yet grants forgiveness for all of our sins. So not only is justice for all foundational to God's vision for society, so too is compassion and forgiveness. Of course, <clears throat> we now return again to the crux of our problem with Deuteronomy. Moses has renewed our vision for what can be and what should be, but we look around us and we know that it is not what is. So what do we do? Well, in part, we continue to hold up the vision of what God has. For ourselves, we hold up the vision and we hold up the vision to our world and say, we will not settle for anything less. 
We continue to do everything in our power to work toward the vision. We read and we listen and we learn about the way things are and the way things could be. We vote for people and policies that move us closer to this vision of justice for all people. We phone, we write letters, we email our representatives to express our views, and we pray regularly. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's one of the key parts about the, the, the parable that Jesus tells. He tells it in order that people won't give up praying, that we will continue to pray. We cry and we yell and we mourn and we protest at all injustice. And we rejoice and celebrate when justice prevails. Then we rest, sleep, refresh ourselves, and keep going. And more than anything else, we hope in our Lord Christ, our God. In our gospel passage, Jesus tells this story about the persistent widow who just keeps after justice. She just keeps coming after justice and saying, do what's right. Give me justice over my adversary until even this judge who lacks all compassion, who lacks any fear of God, even this judge finally relents and says, okay, gosh, I'm going to do this just to be rid of her. And then does the right thing. And Jesus ends that story like this. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for the chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will God keep putting them off? If even this unjust judge will do the right thing? No, Jesus says, I tell you, God will see that they get justice and quickly. God will bring justice. Justice for all persons is foundational to God's vision for society. And we do our part as we are able to bring about that vision but our ultimate hope for justice is in God. And Jesus promises someday there will be justice for all people. Thanks be to God.